Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. From Vermont Public, this is Brave Little State. It's August 20th, 2021. A crowd of 2,600 fill the stands at Centennial Field, one of the oldest baseball parks in the country. It's the top of the ninth inning. The team that plays here, the Vermont Lake Monsters, are poised to do something they haven't done in more than two decades, win a championship. They've been leading the game, three runs to zero. But here, at the very end, the Massachusetts-based Pittsfield Suns are making a comeback. The Suns score two runs here in the ninth inning. That puts the Lake Monsters pitcher, Chris Clark, in a very tense spot. There are two outs. If he can get one more, then the game is over and the Lake Monsters win. But there's a runner on first and second base. One good hit could tie the game, or worse. Clark looks at the batter. He steadies himself on the pitcher's mound and throws. Strike one. The catcher throws Clark the ball. He walks back to the mound, sets his feet in the dirt, and throws again. Strike two. The Lake Monsters are a strike away from the championship. Clark takes the ball. He holds it behind his back, spinning it, positioning the ball in his hand. He brings the ball to the center of his body. He puffs his cheeks out and exhales. Clark turns his head once, twice, and throws. Strike three. The entire Lake Monsters team pours out of the dugout onto the field, throwing themselves around Clark. They're jumping, a frenzied mass that falls on the ground, too excited to stand upright. It's a big night. This is the first time the Lake Monsters have won a championship since 1996. And it's an even bigger deal, because at the beginning of the year, it wasn't clear that the team would even exist. Welcome to Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. Here on the show, we answer questions about Vermont that have been asked and voted on by you, our audience, because we want our journalism to be more inclusive, more transparent, and more fun. Today, a question about Vermont's most pro baseball team. What does the sale of the Vermont Lake Monsters mean for the team, and what does minor league baseball mean to Vermonters? Reporter Liam Elder Connors fields this one. And in a lot of ways, it's a story of renewal. Everybody loved the team, everybody loved Champ, but there was a lot of losing. You know, we started March 15th with no staff, no roster, no nothing. And a classic comeback tale. Last year and this year, they're actually really good, so it's been fun to watch them win. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. I say the exact same thing for 27 years, you know. Up from the depths of Lake Champlain, there he is, it's Champ! We have support from Vermont Public Sustaining Members. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. 
Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. I'm kind of curious to know a little bit about what inspired you to ask your question. Yeah, for sure. um, so just tell me a little bit about what, what you're curious about. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll preface this with the fact that I'm really not a sports fan. I'm very bad at all ball sports. <laughs> this is Emma Ramirez Richer, today's question asker. Emma grew up in Shelburne. She recently graduated from Middlebury College, and now she lives in Burlington. And her question about the Vermont Lake Monsters goes back to last summer, when some news broke. After more than a year of uncertainty, the Vermont Lake Monsters have announced the next step in the franchise's future. The Lake Monsters are changing owners and changing leagues. A new ownership group took over the team and moved it to the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. That means the they, they were on my radar because of the, the, the selling of the team last year, the news that came out. I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen one of those games for a long time. I wonder what they're all about because that was kind of a, it was definitely a part of my childhood. Until the Lake Monsters were sold in 2021, they'd been a professional minor league team, and the sale would bring lots of changes. We'll get to those changes. But Emma's curiosity goes back to her memories of going to games as a kid. When I was little, I just assumed that the Lake Monsters were a way bigger deal than they were because they were like the team that my dad would go take me to see, and we'd root for them, and we'd wear the baseball cap, and never really understood baseball, but I found it like to be like... A duty I had to go watch them and root for them and eat Dippin' Dots. <laughs> but first, Emma has some more general questions. Like, is the team less relevant in Vermont? And what does the sale mean for the fans? Well, do you want to come and do any reporting with me on this? Oh, yeah, sure. That'd you you cool. get to do that. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I was, yeah, so my friend was like, you have to have a good interview when you go because then they'll invite you to go on their little missions. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you get, to, you get to come on some missions. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll have to go to a game. All right, yeah, Emma, um, why don't you tell me where we are right now? Um, we're at the entryway of Centennial Field. Um, everyone's getting their tickets checked. It's really hot and muggy, <laughs> and just the rain just came through. Emma and I meet up on a Saturday night to see the Lake Monsters' final home game of the regular season. The team has dominated this year, winning more than 40 games. Tonight, they're playing the Brockton Rocks out of Massachusetts. Well, besides the heat, what's the vibe like right now? Well, like, it looks like no one expected it to be canceled, even though we just had a torrential downpour. Like, everyone showed up. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, all right, let's go, let's just take a, we'll take a loop down. It's about an hour before the opening pitch. Emma and I wander back and forth on the pavement behind the stadium, past the beer tent and an old shipping container that's been converted into a wood-fired pizza joint. We're looking for some people who can help answer Emma's question about what the sale means for the fans. The first fan we meet is Dan Gillen. It's a great uh, fun for the families, and it's rather, you know, comfortable price-wise, too. Plus, you get to meet the people from the local community. Single-game tickets cost 9 bucks. Dan's got season tickets, though, which range from $125 to about $400, depending on where you sit and how early you buy your pass. Dan is a regular at Centennial Field. 
He's been coming since the 80s. What's your, uh, what's your favorite part about coming to the games? Well, just seeing the up-and-coming individuals. I enjoy watching pitching, hitting, who appears to have what it takes to move up. And over the years, seeing Ken Griffey here and stuff, I think he was here three games, four games, and we both looked and said, this guy's not going to be around here too long. Just the way he <laughs> caught the ball in the outfield, ran, hit, it was an amazing thing. Dan is referring to Ken Griffey Jr. You might have heard of him. One of the best home run hitters in Major League Baseball and an excellent defensive player. At the start of his career, he briefly played in Vermont on a team that was a precursor to the Lake Monsters. Dan says one difference he sees now with the new Lake Monsters team is that the players appear more supportive of each other. Like the team comes out, if somebody makes a bad play or a good play, they come out and reassure them. It's not, oh, look what you did, you struck out with the bases lower. They kind of support each other. We like that. It's more like a caring situation. Not everyone at the ballpark tonight is a devout fan. Some people, like Blake and Stephanie Kruger, are just here to hang out and see a little bit of baseball. Yeah, I like that beers are cheap and the uh, you know, food's cheap and the tickets are free because for healthcare professionals tonight. Do you like baseball? Yeah. Oh, God, it's boring. <laughs> cut that, cut that. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I like supporting a local team, right? You know, it's, yes. it's fun to do that. I mean, I got the shirt. <laughs> you didn't Stephanie. say much over there. But. Well, what do you think? You have any, uh, what would you like to add? To I, I really don't have too much. I, I'm incredibly warm without the canopy, but excited to watch a game. To get these drinks down, I think it'll be a little better. Wade Boggs. And then sort of in between the hardcore fans and the recreationalists, you've got people like Jordan Littner and Alexa Ng Littner. They come to a few games a year, enough games to have their own secret parking spot. We got a, a side street parking spot we always take. Um, You've already said too much. <laughs> we've said too much. When Jordan and Alexa come to see the Lake Monsters, they're here for the whole experience. From the food. The Lake Monsters pizza. It's the best tasting pizza around. To the entertainment between the innings. The hot dog and ketchup race, because they do a very good job pretending to like fall down and stuff. And of course, watching the actual game. Last year and this year, they're actually really good. So it's been fun to watch them win. Yeah, they just totally dominated the last two seasons. Jordan and Alexa moved to Vermont from Manhattan shortly before the pandemic. And they say having a team like the Lake Monsters adds some vibrancy to Vermont. Very grateful the Lake Monsters were, were bought and you know survived through the minor league cuts. And we have baseball in Vermont. What Jordan is talking about, the Lake Monsters surviving the minor league cuts, is an important part of this story. It's actually how the team ended up getting sold in the first place. But to understand that part of the story, we need to get into some history. So baseball has been played professionally in Vermont for a long time. There's a league that dates back to the early 1900s. The Lake Monsters started in 1994, though at the time, they were the Vermont Expos. Now, we can't tell the story without getting a little into the weeds on how professional baseball is organized. The highest level of professional baseball is Major League Baseball, known as the MLB. That's teams like the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, and Los Angeles Dodgers. Then, below those teams, you have Minor League Baseball. And each MLB team has minor league teams that are part of their franchise. Those minor league teams, sometimes called farm teams, are where they develop young players or players rehab after an injury. 
1994, the Vermont Expos were a minor league team that was affiliated with the Montreal Expos. And at first, the Vermont Expos were pretty good. The Expos franchise started in 94. 94, 95, 96, they made the playoffs. 96, they won the championship of the league. And everybody, for three years, just basked in nothing but winning all the time, and they just assumed it would continue. This is Rich Haskell. He's the announcer at the Lake Monsters Games, a job he's had since the franchise started in 1994. Well, for the next 20-plus years, the franchise, for the most part, was a disaster as far as winning and losing. Crowds still showed up. Everybody loved the team. Everybody loved Champ. But there was a lot of losing. In 2003, the Vermont Expos had a terrible year. They only won 19 out of 75 games. C.J. Knudsen, the current vice president of the Lake Monsters, was the general manager of the team at the time. And that's the, the year that I, I vowed to sleep in the home dugout until the team won. And uh, the first night of my slumber, I was getting ready to fall asleep, and all of a sudden a big skunk ran into the dugout, and so I didn't get any sleep at all that night. And seagulls start waking up around 4 in the morning, and, and uh, the, the light towers are blowing in the wind, and you have a cemetery in right field, so uh, lots, of, lots of eerie random stuff. He was out there for seven nights before the team finally won a game. In late 2004, the Montreal Expos moved to Washington, D.C., where they were renamed the Nationals. That meant the Vermont Expos needed to change its name, and they asked fans to help. The New York Times reported that contenders included the Maple Bombers, the Green Mountain Boys, and my favorite, the Howlin' Howards, a nod to Governor Howard Dean's infamous shout during his 2004 presidential bid. Ultimately, the team went with the name they have today, the Lake Monsters. And for the next 13 years, things didn't change much. The team did switch their affiliation from the Washington Nationals to the Oakland Athletics, but every summer, fans could count on baseball at Centennial Field. Then, in 2019, trouble started brewing. Basically, for a a really long time, more than 100 years, you'd had this system where minor league baseball was independently operated as its own entity. This is another Emma, Emma Bacheleri. She covers baseball for Sports Illustrated. She says there was a long-standing agreement between minor league baseball and major league baseball, basically a deal that laid out how the two leagues were connected to one another. It kept them as separate groups that operated independently. And in 2019, that agreement was up for renewal, and MLB decided it was time to end that deal. Instead, it kind of wanted to just let the agreement lapse and then have major league baseball take over the operations of minor league baseball. Bacheleri says MLB made several arguments for consolidation. The organization said it would be more cost efficient, that things would be more streamlined, and it would be a better experience for the players. That included boosting pay for minor league players, a longstanding issue. But part of what they had signaled at the end of 2019 going into 2020 was, if we do this also, a lot of teams will disappear. That at least 40 teams will be cut as part of this streamlining, cost-cutting process. The Lake Monsters were one of those teams. In December 2020, it was official. The Lake Monsters got dropped from the minor leagues. When we come back, the sale of the Vermont Lake Monsters and the recreation of the team. Keeping the culture what it is, but having the financial resources to make sure that it was gonna be here for 10 or 20 years. That's right after this on Brave Little State. (music) 
It's Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. Today, we are answering a question from Emma Ramirez Richer about the sale of the Vermont Lake Monsters. It was precipitated, in part, by the team getting dropped from the minor league. Reporter Liam Elder Connors picks it up here. For a few months, the future of the Lake Monsters was not looking good. But then, as you may have guessed, the team did not disappear. Instead, they were bought by a businessman named Chris English. It's sort of been a a passion of mine to use sort of resources that I get in my sort of day job and invest in communities that um, where baseball can be, you know, fun or where it needs to be, you know, revived. English also works in finance, including founding a company called Rock Fence Capital. According to an article in Sportico, Rock Fence provides loans to baseball players. The players then pay back the loan plus interest to the company using future earnings. If they leave baseball, they don't pay back the loan. Similar companies have been criticized for taking advantage of financially desperate players. There are no specific allegations like that about Rock Fence. In fact, there's little public information about the company. English, citing non-disclosure agreements, won't say much about it. We, uh, you know, we we work with elite major league baseball players on their, you know, you know, helping them um, with their on and off field, you know, financial performance. I guess the Lake Monsters are not the first team that English has owned. Most recently, he owned the Massachusetts-based Brockton Rocks, who the Lake Monsters now play. English no longer owns the Brockton Rocks. He sold them after he bought the Lake Monsters. According to ESPN, English bought the Lake Monsters franchise from Ray Pecor, their original owner, for a million dollars, far lower than what similar teams have sold for. For example, in 2011, the Staten Island Yankees, who played in the Lake Monsters' old league, sold for $8 million. English is originally from Montreal, but he has ties to Vermont. He has family in Shelburne and owns a house in South Woodstock. He's also been interested in the Lake Monsters for a while. For years, um, I had asked people in the Burlington area whether Ray would ever consider selling the team. And uh, the answer was always, no, 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 no. That's just Ray's thing. He loves it. So what was that vision you pitched him that uh, got him to sell to you? I think, um, number one, that we would be as committed to investing in the community and investing in the ballpark um, and keeping the traditions uh, the same and um, keeping the culture what it is. It's still small town community baseball, but having the financial resources to make sure that it was going to be here for 10 or 20 years. When Chris English bought the Lake Monsters, he basically had to rebuild the team from scratch. With no no staff, no roster, no nothing. English started to hire people to manage the team, including C.J. Knudsen, who we heard from earlier. Then, of course, they needed players. And here is where the new Lake Monsters are different. Before, when the Lake Monsters were a minor league team, they had no control over who played for them. The major league affiliates just sent them players. Now, Knudsen says the Lake Monsters front office gets to pick their team. Yeah, we actually uh, scout and recruit the players. All the players are college students. That's another difference. When the Lake Monsters were bought, they joined a new league called the Futures League. There are eight teams in the league, all based in New England, and everyone on the team must be a college player. It allows them to maintain their skills or even improve their skills during the summer, uh, as opposed to just taking the summer off. Uh, It allows them to uh, get seen by a lot of professional scouts. More than 150 Future League players and alumni have been drafted by major league teams. And here's a big part of the answer to Emma's question about what changed when the team sold. Money. The players on the Lake Monsters aren't paid. 
College athletes in all sports aren't paid, a rule put in place by the organization that regulates college sports. However, recent court rulings have started to change that in limited ways. Players for the Lake Monsters pay $1,000 a season. More than half the fee goes towards housing, which includes paying local families who host out-of-state players. The rest of the money covers food. English, the team's owner, says there are scholarships for players if they can't afford the team fees. No player who wants to play and has the skill to play would you know would not be able to afford playing here because we would just make we have to answer your question, yes, we have scholarship fees. English says the team also plans to develop relationships with historically black colleges around the country. He says it's part of an effort to make the Lake Monsters a more diverse team. Major change number two. There are actually players from Vermont on the Lake Monsters. To be here now, it's looking back on it, it's kind of just it's surreal, honestly. Like I just couldn't even wouldn't have never imagined it. It's unbelievably the best thing probably in baseball wise that's ever happened to me. So Wyatt Cameron is a pitcher on the Lake Monsters. He grew up in Salisbury. His grandparents took him to Lake Monsters games as a kid. He says he never imagined that one day he'd be playing on Centennial Field. So to be here, a pitcher for the Lake Monsters, it's a big deal for him. Just as many years as I can play here in front of the crowd, be be in the hometown, you know, just the home state, just something about it, just it's, it's different. It, there's nothing better than it. The Futures League, where the Lake Monsters play, requires all its teams to have a certain number of players from New England or New England colleges. That means Vermonters have a pretty good chance of getting on the team. There is opportunity now in that being, because being from Vermont, you're always looked at as like, oh, you're just from Vermont. Like, you probably can't really play baseball that well. Like, you don't, you don't have the experience that a lot of these other guys have. But now we've got that experience, we've got that opportunity, and you just got to use it. Wyatt isn't the only Vermonter on the team this year who dreamt about playing for the Lake Monsters. Tanner Wolpert, also a pitcher, is from Williston. He says he'd never thought he'd get to put on a Lake Monsters uniform. For me, like the little kids running up to you, it's it's hard to like wrap your head around at first because like you used to be those little kids, but then you sort of, you sort of just like gain a respect for that, and it's more like playing for the state instead of playing for like like your team, I guess. Like you're representing Vermont. Yeah. So like you get kids who want your autograph? Yeah. And kids will sometimes ask for like shin guards and bats and gloves. And it's it's pretty cute. So. <laughs> Did you give them your shin guards? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. It, it, but it's always really hard to turn down the kids because, you know, they, they look up to us like we're still minor leaguers, like professional athletes. So it's definitely hard to say no sometimes. Something else that's different about the new Lake Monsters, they're winning, and winning a lot. During their first season in the Futures League, they won 42 games and were the league champions. This year, during the regular season, they won 44, nearly 70% of their games, and they made it to the league championship for the second year in a row, but lost the final game. The teams also upgraded the ballpark, including new 16-seat box suites that cost $1,600. English, the owner, says most of the stadium upgrades are done, though he says they're hoping to add a few tiny house-style concession stands. It'll be a cute little area. It'll like, be like a little village. But other than that, the um, this, the ballpark's in great shape at this point. Um, we're, we're drawing now almost as much as per game as uh, the, the Lake Monsters did in their, their heyday. So those are some of the things that have changed since the sale of the Lake Monsters. 
But for all that's different, there are lots of things that have stayed the same. The uniforms, 25-cent hot dog night, and of course, the mascot. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, up from the depths of Lake Champlain, there he is! It's Chad! I say the exact same thing for 27 years, you know. Up from the depths of Lake Champlain, there he is, it's Champ! Bad to the bone, please. Champ comes out, we put the hex on the other team's dugout. Every night for 28 years, it's been the exact same process. Time for what you ask? It is time for the extremely dreaded, worldwide terrifying real champ hacks. Before every year, we kind of look at each other in the press box, and I say to the sound guy, Jim, should we maybe play something other than Bad to the Bone? You know what would happen if we didn't play Bad to the Bone? We'd have 10 people in that press box within five seconds. What are you doing? Back at the game, Emma and I indulge in some nostalgia. Dippin' Dots, one of Emma's favorite ballpark snacks from her childhood. Well, I've actually never had Dippin' Dots. Oh, maybe, maybe we gotta get Dippin' Dots. They're an experience. Like, don't expect ice cream. <laughs> we get to the cart and order two cups of rainbow-flavored Dippin' Dots, which look like multicolored frozen pebbles. <laughs> All right, so let's try these. That's quite the expression you have. <laughs> they're very weird. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they seem like they're colder than really any anything that could come from a regular freezer. Like, they're steaming. I know. I later learned that Dippin' Dots are made by freezing ice cream mix and liquid <laughs> nitrogen. So that explains why they're so cold. Anyway, Emma and I finish our frozen snack as the game gets underway. I don't get it because it's just like people throwing balls around and... and <laughs> running around and I've never caught on. So I like the, this part, which is the walking around and seeing people you know and eating good food. And and so I like to, to not feel alone in that. Um, <laughs> and that I'm not the only one who doesn't get baseball. So, but I, but I, I still feel that pride and I, I wear my, my hat with pride. With that, Emma joins her friends to watch the Lake Monsters. And tonight's game is a close one. At the bottom of the ninth inning, the score is tied, 4-4, four to four, until Brian Schaub comes to bat. You can feel the crowd in those moments, hanging on to each pitch, waiting and trying to will Schaub to hit the ball out of the park. And tonight, he does. That is your ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Another Lake Monster win. Your Vermont Lake Monsters, thanks to Brian Schaub, walking it off. Seven runs, five hits, no errors. The Brockton Rocks. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And thanks to Emma Ramirez-Richer for the great question. To see photos from the game that Emma and Liam went to, head to our website, bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can submit your own question about Vermont, sign up for the BLS newsletter, and vote on the question you want us to tackle next. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at BraveStateVT. Liam Elder Connors reported this episode. I produced it and did the mix and sound design. Engineering support from Peter Engish, with additional editing and production from the Brave Little State team. Myra Flynn, Josh Crane, and me. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Kate Phillips and Kevin Trevelin. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public. 
If you like our show, you can make a gift at bravelittlestate.org slash donate, or just tell your friends to listen. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back soon with more people-powered Vermont storytelling. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.